Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Coffee and Books, by Scott. Happy Easter, everyone. Happy Sunday. Hope all of you are doing well. Uh, This is going to be the first of a two-part episode series on literary classic Little Women. So this is going to be part one. I recommend starting with this piece so we can talk about everything. It is a very large book. It was actually put together um, in the 1800s, and we're going to talk about everything now. So uh, let's get started. Little Women is a story that follows the lives of four main characters, Meg, Joe, Beth, and Amy, on the path of their childhood to adulthood. It was published in two volumes in 1868 and 1869 and compiled together in 1880. It was written by Louisa May Alcott and is considered semi-autobiographical, and it is loosely believed to be based on her life. The story takes place also in a a fictional neighborhood, but quite similar to Concord, Massachusetts. Um, In the story, uh, Mr. March, the father, is an acting pastor in the Civil War. the, each of the children, Meg, for instance, is a traditional sort and has a unique personality. Joe is quite the tomboy who writes um, and is trying to make a living off publishing her work. Beth is a peacemaker and is also a pianist and loves to play the piano. Amy is an artist and is, a, is interested in high society and development. In the story, the mother has to go to Washington because the, they learn of the father becoming sick with pneumonia. And so as a result of this, the mother has to leave the children in the care of their housekeeper. The girls, which each have varying duties and jobs, take care of an, a family that is nearby, that is poor. The youngest sister, Beth, contracts scarlet fever after trying to help this family. And as a precaution, Amy is sent away to live with her Aunt March because she has not had scarlet fever before. Joe is a successful um, writer and begins earning money for her writing and is published in a newspaper. Uh, Meg falls in love with a tutor, uh, John Brooke, who is one of the tutors of the neighbor Lori Lawrence, and so begins a new friendship that develops uh, between Lori and Joe and uh, Meg and John Brooke and that grows to develop. Uh, Brooke also goes to Washington to help Mr. March recover. It is while he's in Washington that Brooke confesses that he loves his eld- the eldest daughter, Meg, but that the parents think that she's too young to marry, and they all agree to wait. Lori begins to get ready to go off to college, and as such, there are quite harrowing adventures for all the characters. Um, it is during this period that we learn that Lori... Um, wants to spend time with them as each of the characters, you know, interacts and has like a play that they develop. Um, we learn of a, a story where, um, you know, Lori and Joe go ice skating and uh, one of her sisters goes behind her after they were in a fight and falls into an ice lake and nearly drowns and so they have to take care of her. Um, Anyway, the adventures of these children are fascinating and endless as they start from being young sisters to growing into, of course, little women. Um, Now, where were we? So, Brooke eventually enlists in the war, but after a year is returned because he's injured. On Christmas Day, the father, Mr. March, finally returns from the war. 
And so it is at this time that the family gets together and Aunt March begins to scold Meg for wanting to marry someone who's poor. She tells her she won't get any of her money and that she is, you know, better off marrying someone who's rich. And so now we're going to talk about everything I just mentioned. This is loosely based on all the plots of everything that happens. So why don't we talk about everything step by step so we kind of have a better understanding of everything. Okay, so the father acting pastor in the Civil War. For most of the first part of the book, you don't meet the father. You are hearing about him through the mother and as she's teaching lessons to her children each and every day. The chapters are each short and each focus on some life event that is going on. So uh, traditionally we don't learn a whole lot about Mr. March, but we learn of his character, we learn of his person, and we are hoping for a safe return from him. Okay, as I said, each of the four girls, uh, Meg, Joe, Beth, and Amy, each have their own unique personalities, and these can clash with each other, but they also help one another. And so it's this bond of family that keeps everything and the story growing. Um, For instance, uh, Meg and Beth may not necessarily get along as well, but Joe and Beth definitely do, and so Meg and Amy definitely get along. And so they each are unique and have their own stories that they bring to the table. One thing that we learn quickly about Meg, the oldest, is that when she's at a party and she goes off to be with her friends, she's quite jealous of her friends who are wealthier than her. And as such, we learn that wealth is an important factor in her life. Um, But she also falls in love with John Brooke, who is poor. And so in the end, we kind of learn that, you know, Meg was undecided during the first part of this book but then when her aunt scolded her for marrying someone who's you know poor she decides i am going to marry john anyway which i think is a poor lesson i think you know someone telling you you can't have it makes you want it more but i don't think that was the best uh, action to take place okay so we know joe is the writer of the family i think joe is the writer uh, as in the writer of Little Women. I think that's the main character, the biography uh, of Louisa May Alcott. Um, I think that's who is basically writing the story. She is Joe, although we don't quite know it yet. Okay, so next we have Amy, um, who we know is an artist who likes to draw, who lives for high society, and like I said, clashes. Uh, with Joe, for instance. Um, So, okay, the mother, of course, we said, goes to Washington to help take care of her sick father. Or sorry, the sick father, Mr. March, her husband. And it was during this period that each of the girls, um, you know, knew that their responsibilities and what that entailed, but it was Beth who thought of taking care of their neighbor who was sick. And, of course, this is what leads to a big moment in the book where Beth contracts a scarlet fever and has become very seriously ill. And of course, the family writes to the mom and dad to tell them what's going on, and they're trying to rush back and get there in time to see their daughter, but thankfully everyone recovers, and then they have this Christmas miracle where the father shows up on Christmas, and it's all going crazy, and it's a lot of ups and downs in the book. And it's all so crazy that you can't help but admire that even if this is fiction, that it is very in a, a very in a good sense, I think, very true. It rings true for a lot of people. Okay, so uh, 
that's pretty much the main plots of everything. Um, I like Lori as a character. I think Lori is fascinating. I think all the characters are fascinating and have each motivations to do everything. So now I'm going to talk a little bit about why this book, why part one, where I'm going with this, why I want you to be involved. Most of the time, every book I read is either a newer book that's published or is a book that's historical in some way. This is my first, I would say, classical book I've read in a long time. And the reason why it's a classic is because it's old, but it's commonly uh, you know, published again and again and again, and it's everywhere, and there's movies. There was a movie last year that came out about it. Um, you know, I've had like about four movies that have been made over the series of 100 years over it. So it, it's, it's fascinating. It's really crazy that the story has permeated so much in our society. And I think what rings true is that the story is just a mold of, you know, what life was like back then, but it resonates with us today because we all have our society and our expectations and how that's changing and how the younger generation is always sort of rebelling against what the status quo is. And back then, the status quo, of course, was to, you know, if you were a woman, you had to get married, you had to have kids, and that was your life. And I think these four characters are trying to prove there's more to life than just that. And, uh, yeah, uh, so that's about 400 pages in out of the 800, so we're getting there, we're making progress. Um, this is just part one, like I said, so there's a whole other book I'm going to have to get out to you guys. Um, okay, so in other news, I want to thank Regis again for leaving another voicemail about the uh, psychology book I read not too long ago, Man and His Symbols. We, I want to thank him for that. Um, you know, any listeners out there who feel like, you know, saying something or emailing me or whatever you want to reach out, it's fascinating, and thank you again. Um, I just want to say that uh, we had our first listener from Taiwan, so I want to thank you for listening all the way from Taiwan. Um, we have a large demographic from men and women. Uh, it, we're getting a bunch of listens now, so it's pretty cool. Um, again, I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Please don't forget to like, share, subscribe, tell a friend about it. And uh, I want to hear from you, of course, so you can reach me on my email, scott, S-C-O-T-T, Bernstein, B-E-R-N-S-T-E-I-N, 16 at yahoo.com if you want to email me. Um, And just remember, you know, uh, there's always another book to read out there. Have a good night. Bye.